This episode was brought to you by our Patreon supporters, Amy Swan, Blake Popst, Greg Bench, Joel Robertson, Jonathan Edge, and Trey Whetstone. Thank you all. Now on to the episode. Welcome to another episode of Father and Son Watch Horror Movies. I am your co-host, The Father, a.k.a. Pastor Matt, a.k.a. Matt Rawlings. And I am joined, as always, by my trusty sidekick, Jackson the Sun. And welcome to We've Got a Hotel for a Week. Let's shoot a movie, the movie. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> we are a spoiler podcast. We do spoil the movies we discuss. And today we are looking at Puppet Master from 1989. <laughs> In a house of mysteries. This hotel seems to have quite a history, Mr. Gallagher. Who are you people? A research team with special powers. <gasps> My God. She's experiencing the past. Because we are all joined by our thoughts. <gasps> has uncovered an ancient secret. I have something I want to show you. <laughs> Metaphysically speaking, I killed myself. <gasps> But they are playing with an evil force. What would you do with the power? You can't save her, Alex. They have given life to a deadly power. We're all in danger. And now a box of little toys. I think someone's in the room, Frank. Has become a gang of little terrors. Pinhead, Blade, Ms. Leech, Jester, and Tunneler. Irene Miracle, Paul Lamatt, Barbara Crampton, and William Hickey as the Puppet Master. And to do this right, we have called in an awesome returning guest, Barely Ashley. How are you, Ashley? I am doing awesome. Thank you guys for entertaining this idea. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So, all right, Ashley, when did you first see Puppet Master? Okay, I was four years old. You're kidding. I am not kidding. I was four years old. I have a whole story here. Um, So my parents were divorced when I was super young. My dad would come pick me up for his weekends. And in this tiny town we lived in called Wilson, Arkansas, they had a grocery store slash tiny little VHS section where you could rent videos. And I apparently saw this just like the puppets on there. And I was like, that's what I want to watch. And that's what I picked up every time we went. I don't know why my dad was okay with this, but (laughs) (laughs) that's just what I remember. I always wanted to go in there, pick up Puppet Master, get some chocolate chip cookies, and we spent our weekend watching movies. And it's just a really good memory. So I think this is more of what uh, Gilman calls, what is it? C&D? This is what this is. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's fantastic. That's a great story. All right, Jackson, what about you? When did you first see Puppet Master? 
Well, according to Letterboxd, uh, first time I saw this was back in September of 2019. And back in those days, I was watching two movies a day every day. Uh, and apparently Puppet Master grabbed my attention enough for me to watch Puppet Master 2, 3, and Littlest Reich, uh, like the days afterwards. Um, and, you know, rewatching it now, it's a very, it's an odd bird. Uh, it's got a lot of things going on, a lot of moving parts, but I think it works. Yeah. Yeah, I saw this on VHS. Um, it, it came out, you know, it dropped in, in video, I think, in 1990 or somewhere around there. And mm-hmm. um, in 91, when I moved back from Hollywood, I started working in a video store. And I remember the second one came out and the third one was coming out directly to video. And I was like, oh, well, I need to go back and watch the first one because I don't want to get the timeline wrong. Boy, did that not matter. Um, but <laughs> no. <laughs> it does not, does not matter what order you watch these in. Um, but I watched it back in like 91, 92, somewhere around there. Um, the IMDb synopsis reads, psychics find themselves plotted against by a former colleague who committed suicide after discovering animated murderous puppets. Eh, what do you Pretty think, good. Ashley? <laughs> it's... Yeah, yeah. Accurate-ish. <laughs> uh, the first one is so weird because it's not, like, it has this psychic element that's really not continued. On no, it's dropped, right? <laughs> at all. So, yeah, that's fair for the first one. Uh, you're not going to get that in any of the others. But No. No, 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 um, no. And in fact, you're going to just all kind. It's just going to. It's all over the place, especially the first three, right? It's crazy. It's (laughs) they are some of the most wild movies you will ever see, and try to make sense of them. I don't know. It's I just watch them for just pure entertainment. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't think you can make sense. Yeah, I guess this this is definitely what you would call a popcorn movie where you just go and. Because, you know, I, I've got it on here, okay, I mean, we can talk plot if I can figure it out a way to, un, you know, <laughs> wind this sucker. Um, mm-hmm. the, the, the Blu-ray that I own, I do own this on, on Blu-ray, and mm-hmm. Charles Band does an intro uh, when you watch the, the, the limited edition Blu-ray. Yes, and, that's what I have. Uh, that's what you have, okay. And he mm-hmm. takes full credit for it, right? Yes, At he first. does. <laughs> Though apparently there is some dispute about that. Um, you know, he also takes credit for dolls and he takes credit from From Beyond. And I don't know. I think a guy named, Reanimator. I think a guy named Stuart Gordon may have had something to do yeah, with that. He totally uh, took credit for Reanimator in that intro. It, it's, so. it's unreal. Yeah. So, yeah. And the director not only disputes how much Charles Band had to do with it, he also disputes how much Charles Band still owes him for it. But anyway. Yes. <laughs> We we open with William Hickey, uh, who plays Andre Toulon. I love William Hickey. Um, I and love so him. now, do you guys have any idea how old he was when he shot this? I 50s. He looks old, but I think he's like 50-ish. He is in his 50s. He looks like he's 150. Yes. And that's... I. I know of him because of Nightmare Before Christmas. Right. And of course this movie. And I was just kind of looking at some facts about him before we did this. And I was like, he died when he was 69 years old. 
Yet he looked at least 100. Yes, he what always looked old. He never looked young. Never, <laughs> ever, ever, ever. I remember him in Pritz's <laughs> Honor, which is like 85. And he looks like he's on death's door then. And that was, <laughs> you know, that was 12 years before he, before he died. But he yeah. is, he's only in it for a second. And Jackson, do you have any idea who William Hickey is before you saw this? No. <laughs> okay. Well, he's... I, 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 I just know him as uh, from this movie. He's so memorable. He's only in it for like three minutes, but his performance is probably the best in the movie, aside from Barbara Crampton. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they're both in it for like a second. Like the two best actors are like in it for just a second. Um, yes. Which is weird. But yeah, William Hickey had a long career going back to like the night, late 40s, early 50s. He was also an acting coach. He was, in fact, Paul Lamott's acting teacher who is the lead in this the Yale professor he was his acting teacher um but for some reason William Hickey is like in this for just three minutes Barbara Crampton is in this for three minutes and then they're gone but you got William Hickey plays the the puppet creator Andre Toulon creates these puppets but if for some reason is being pursued by Nazis in Bodega Bay California Uh, yeah, who are in Kapiski with, oh, I can't talk, who are dressed in all black, like they're not even trying to hide and speaking to <laughs> in 1939. Yeah. Um, in Bodega Bay, which is, of course, where they shot the birds and the fog and portions of the Goonies. And, you know, so Andre hides his puppets and then kills himself. <laughs> and then all of a sudden we flash forward. We've got all these psychics who are having visions. And all of a sudden they are, as Jackson, you put it, at a hotel, you know, where they shoot this entire thing. Um, This, this is, I mean, (laughs) on the one hand, it's not a complicated plot. On the other hand, Ashley, what in the world? (laughs) I'm trying to figure out why, like, why was it necessary for that opening sequence? Other than we just needed to know how they came to life because they don't really explore that anymore. (laughs) No. Until you get to the sequels, and then they're like, "Hey, we should have done something with that first three minutes of the first movie." Yeah, so and we're it's going to make this all about Nazis from now on. Yeah, and it's all about okay. These psychics are all we finally learn because it takes a long time for us to even to figure out why oh, these yeah. people have anything to do with one another. <laughs> and you know, finally we learn they're psychically connected. They're all looking for Toulon's puppets because he had the Egyptian secret to animating that which is you know dead and and blah 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 Mm -hmm. and you're like well first of all how did they and the nazis hear about it okay this is 1939 what is toulon doing sending out telegraphs about this yeah (laughs) yeah i think they said or charles band had once said that they just thought it would be a cool idea to tie it to nazis somehow there was really no thought behind it (laughs) (laughs) can jackson can you make heads or tails of that now, see, while I was watching it this time, I was like, I wonder if, you know, this was done intentionally. Like, they're planting the seeds for sequels, you know, because there's so many gaps. You have Toulon, and he's making his puppets, and it's Nazis, and you're like, what, what does all this have to do with the rest of the movie? I was thinking, I was like, maybe they're they're like, mm, we could do a prequel in the future. But they didn't get to a prequel until, like, 3, and 2 was just a weird yeah. sequel kind of thing. So I, I don't think, I think I'm attributing too much foresight to Full Moon Pictures uh, and yeah, Charles sure. Band. I, I think they were just like... <laughs> this is cool, let's shoot this, and then maybe we can make something else out of it. I don't know. Well, um, 
You may be doing that because, Ashley, you said you watched the intro with Charles Band. I mean, when he's doing the intro, there are like sirens going off. There's a helicopter going over his head. (laughs) He's just like, you know, I live next to a police station and I'm low budget and you're just going to have to deal with it. (laughs) I was like, okay. So he said himself, he was like, there was no plot to begin with. I just (laughs) thought a puppet idea was cool. And so I went to David Allen with it and we developed some more puppets and then we're like, maybe we should have a script. (laughs) So that's why this movie is like this. There was no script. They just wanted really cool puppets on TV. Yeah. So we get, yeah. I mean, so we, you know, they get the Nazis looking for, you know, the puppets, apparently the Nazis, you know, are really lazy Nazis, by the way, they, they don't really, the room they just kind of Toulon kills himself and I guess they skedaddled out of there I don't know and so then you get like all right so 50 years later you get these psychics and they're in this hotel and then you find out you know later on we do spoil so let's just go ahead and jump and we find out that the Mm -hmm. guy who is dead is not really dead he somehow reanimated himself after he was dead yeah I he somehow put a spell upon himself that he would become reanimated after the fact. But here's the thing. Okay, think about this for a second. Because he talks about it in the end where he tried to work this type of magic or curse on her parents. Like, he killed right. her parents. How did he... And then he goes on to say, like, he's tired of working on puppets. So, like, how did he successfully reanimate himself, and yet, admittedly, he could not reanimate people yet? I, I <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's it's beyond bizarre. And then, of course, he he meets his end because he turns his back on the puppets. <laughs> um, why would you just all of a sudden go into a rage when you've got a mortal life? about dealing with puppets who do your bidding. I have no idea what that was about. Um, yeah. I, I don't know. Jackson, Dude, help me I'm here, Carl buddy. What, can you, can you, uh, oh, there he is. Yep. Can you, Jackson, can you make any sense of this? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> give it your best shot. You're the aspiring filmmaker. How are you going to, how are you going to do the reboot of Puppet Master? Right. Well, if I, if I was doing a reboot, I would, I honestly, I think I would just shot for shot psycho, you know, nineties version. I would just do that. You know, it's already perfect. <laughs> but, uh, but to, to analyze this a little bit, I think so. So uh, Neil says in the end that Andre Toulon was, he had like black magic and uh, Egyptian magic yeah. to like reanimate things, and that's how he animated the puppets. And I guess maybe, uh, I think maybe he he <laughs> you're struggling, killed, aren't you? <laughs> I think maybe he killed Mrs. Gallagher's parents, and then was like, "Well, I didn't do that right that time." And then he killed the other one. He's like, "Well, I didn't do that right that time." So it has to be this final spell or something. And then he shot himself, just hoping it would work, and it did. Um, <laughs> I, I I've gotta I've gotta assume that's what it was about. And yeah, I don't know why he turned his back on the puppets. I mean, as we see from the opening, the puppets are pretty good. You know, they 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 run around. They can stay out of sight somehow. I mean, Blade was running around that hotel lobby, and nobody saw him, even though yeah. he's a one foot tall skeleton with a hook hand uh, yeah. 
Well, there was but, the one woman who saw him and freaked right, out. Right, one yeah. one woman, yes, out of all the people and the Nazis. By the way, the puppet was right beside the Nazi car, and then they didn't see it somehow. But, uh, yeah, so we see that they can move pretty covertly, um, but he just decides to throw them around an elevator until they, they kill him. Yeah, I'm not really sure what Neil's motivation is. I don't know what anybody's motivation is. Dana comes there for some reason, and then she's just a jerk to everyone. Like, what yes. is she accomplishing? Why is she there? Um, and uh, yeah, well, I, we know I, what we know why she's there. The jerk is there. She's there for one reason apparently, and one reason only. To get I back mean, to Neil. No, to animate her dog. Ah, right. Oh, good point. <laughs> Leroy. She wants that dog back, darn it. And ironically, the dog does come back to life, but not for her. Spoiler alert. Yes. Very ending. Which, but yeah, go ahead, Ashley. Think about the ending there, too. What is his wife? What does she know? She's <laughs> way more talented than he was. <laughs> she knows nothing. She even says that. She goes, I don't know. He was always upstairs. I don't know what he was doing. He wouldn't but tell me about it. She reanimated a dog. <laughs> And Let's then, just let. Can we go ahead and just agree on this before we go ahead and talk about the rest of this? <laughs> Let's just agree. We all love this movie because the puppets are cool, but it makes no sense. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right, Jackson. Do you agree with that? Oh yeah, yeah. It, it doesn't. It makes too much sense. There's too many sense going on at the same time, and everything just mu muddles each other. Yeah. It, it's like. They should have just stuck to one thing, you know? Mm -hmm. They they really nailed it with this with the first and second sequels to this. You know, they're just like, the puppets are cool, let's just focus on that. They didn't have the psychic stuff anymore. If you want to do a psychic thing, do a Carrie-type movie. If you want to do a puppet movie, just do the puppet thing. Uh, but yeah. they decided, let's do both. Let's capitalize on Carrie and Child's Play. And uh, boy, is, does that make for one heck of a movie. And as oh, Ashley yeah. points out, the psychic thing just goes bye-bye after this. I mean, it's gone. It, it's, <laughs> you know, for the rest of the sequels, nope, it's just about the puppets, which is the way it should have been to begin with. Um, yeah. So we've got, let's just face it, the puppets are cool, especially, I mean, who is everybody's favorite puppet? Ashley, who's your favorite puppet? Um, so I really like Tunneler. Ah. Um, he's just very gruesome and I'm very into gore. So <laughs> I kinda like there him. Um I do have a story though. I always thought Blade was a girl, like when I was little. And I don't know why. I just was like, Oh, that's a cool girl puppet. And so like I always cool. liked Blade until in my thirties when I was like finding out that Blade was a boy. And I was like, you know what? I don't accept this. I thought Blade was a girl. So Blade is a girl. Good for you. <laughs> yeah, well, good for you. Yeah, I can. Yeah, it's kind of, there's not really, unless, you know, until I read that it was, they based Blade on Richard Lynch, the actor Richard Lynch, who, of course, yes. shows up in Puppet Master 3. Um, yeah, you don't really. A, ascribe yeah. a sex to it really because it just you know it's but it's a puppet but yeah it's just a puppet but it's yeah it's definitely once richard lynch pops up in three and then i read the trivia i was like oh yeah now i can see it but it's definitely yeah. based on richard lynch but so all right so i can i can see that because i i think it would be fair to say wouldn't you that most people if, if you were going to survey horror fans the majority of them would probably say blade right yeah i think everyone loves blade he is the leader, but the other ones are so cool, too. If you think, like, Leech Woman, who would have thought? 
And where so, does she get those leeches, by the way? I don't know. Do they regenerate inside of her belly? I don't she know. Just, I don't know. Who comes up with this? Just like, <laughs> and then her like voice where she's like moaning the leeches out. It's just so creepy and weird and unnecessary. And, <laughs> and that is unnecessary. I agree. Jackson, what about you? What's your, who is your favorite puppet? I think my favorite is the pinhead guy with the big hands. Yeah. And I like him because he's got a nice sweater and fingerless gloves. Uh, the guy's <laughs> yeah. got style. And I, I I also like the part where Neil pops his head off and it makes a little boop sound. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I like and then I like when he's feeling around for his head. He's like on his stomach and he's feeling around for it. He's just got the most character, I think. I think he's the most characteristic. Although Tunneler is really cool. I do like the part where he like drills into the back of Neil's leg. That's that's really yeah. awesome. Uh, but, and, and Leech Woman is probably the creepiest, like legitimately she's like the scare, the scariest because there is that, that thing that, you know, I would assume it's like black Egyptian magic, right? Like that yeah. she's got leeches coming out of her, but that is really creepy. For, I just got to ask though, how did, and what was the guy's name? How did Frank, Frank. mistake Leech Lady for Carissa? Like, <laughs> literally that's a note I have. Like She's how in the world? Small little wooden or porcelain doll, and he thinks that's a full-grown woman. Like what? Come on. Oh Frank. man. Uh, yeah. That that. Well, that whole scene is just bizarre. Because I mean, <laughs> I I'm sorry. You know, we we try to keep this a family podcast because people like Gilman Joel listen to this with their kids. But you know, look. Um, what couple gets their freak on in a weird way? When you've been invited by a dead psychic to a hotel looking for, you know, the Egyptian source to reanimate, you know, dead tissue. Who does that? I mean, I'm sorry, but that that couple is just bizarre. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I, anyway, I they kind of deserve what they get. Let's face it. And then, of course, the other one's just a jerk and she deserves what she gets. But um yes. I my actually my favorite puppet in this is Blade, but my favorite puppet overall doesn't come until later. It's the Kaiser, the flamethrower. That's what I was about to say. Um, if you if I had to pick overall, I like the flamer. Like yes, I love that. that it's so yeah. cool. That puppet is so cool. Absolutely cool. So yeah, I like that one a lot. So I have, I think, Torch. I have him, um, armored foe, who falls all these podcasts on Twitter and stuff. I don't know if you know him. He sent uh-uh. me one. He sent me a torch figurine. Oh, so that I is cool. One. <laughs> and I have like a tiny one too, a blade and torch. Oh, that is too cool. That is very <laughs> cool. Yeah, I've got the tiny blade, but that's all I have. But I would like to have the torch. The, the blade came with the Blu-ray that I bought of uh, yeah, Puppet Master. Yes. Oh, man. So... The plot, I think we can just all agree, folks, if you haven't seen Puppet Master for some reason, um, you know, this is not a film they're going to use to teach screenwriting in. I'm just telling you, <laughs> film school, it is not going to happen. Um, this is all about the puppets being cool, and, you know, that's it. But, you know, you brought up, you know, Ashley, you're, you know, you're into gore. There's not mm-hmm. a whole lot of gore in this movie, is there? There's not. This one is pretty clean. It's just... What makes it probably R-rated is all the sexual overtone yeah. of everything. Um, 
But other than that, you don't see a lot of blood. No, not to the end, right? I mean, yeah. to the corpses at the end. And Jackson, did that surprise you that there's so little gore in it? Uh, a bit, because it is kind of like a, in the realm of exploitation movies. It did surprise me a little. It even surprised me more that Neil's blood was green coming out of like his, you know, it's maybe it's because he's reanimated or something. I don't know. Right. But I feel like that was a, a um, uh, from dusk till dawn, you know, vampire blood sort of thing to maybe get a rating. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, it, it is definitely rated R because of how sexual it is. And, uh, and that's quite, quite frequent nudity uh, from the couple, yeah. the, the psychic couple. But, uh, yeah, not, not too much blood. We see a little bit with Tunneler, like whenever he tunnels into somebody, you, you get some blood there. Um, but, but not much. It's surprising, too. I, 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 you know, I kind of wish there was a little bit more. Um, but, um, you know. It's, it's whatever. If there was more, maybe your dad wouldn't have let you watch it, actually. When you were little. <laughs> I don't know so what maybe. he was thinking. <laughs> but honestly, like, I just think he was just like, you know, I don't get to see her very often. She wants to watch it. Let's do it. Um, but my mom was the horror fanatic. Really? So that's what got me into the genre. Because she had, like, all of this stuff, like, all the movies you could ever think of. And there was a period of time where she worked in a video store. So I got to get anything I wanted. So I would just walk in and, be like, go to the horror section. And this is when everything was on VHS and had the really cool cover art. So oh, I would pick things awesome. by cover art, as you know you did back then. Uh, so I have been deep into this for a while. <laughs> that's cool because a lot i mean a lot of people know you a lot of horror fans know you uh from twitter anybody who listens to hnp or land of the creeps or this podcast they know who you are but i don't think anybody's ever heard your backstory so that's really cool so i mean yeah. i didn't know your mom was a horror fanatic that's fantastic yes she was like through and through all about horror that's really all she watched and she was a little you know like, we all know my favorite movie is Return of the Living Dead. So, she was a little bit, like, she would watch kind of what I was watching and, like, be like, you can or can't really see this yet. So, I was allowed to watch Return of the Living Dead Part 2, mostly, because right. of the nudity in Part 1. So, she did have some standards, but I was allowed to watch a lot of slashers <laughs> at a very young age. And that pretty much traumatized me for life that's why i'm here now hey there you go hey and we're <laughs> glad you're here so there you go hey trauma yes. works sometimes so yes. um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah oh man so you start watching this at like age four you still love it you own mm -hmm. it you got the puppet so let me ask you real quick before we dive back in to start talking about some of the effects and everything real quick is this your favorite of the series, or or do you have another one that stands out in the Puppet Master series? I like part two the best. Really? Yeah, it has more of the puppets in it, and, like, the ending is so creepy. Like, I know that we're not talking about part two right now, mm -hmm. but, like, the woman that turns into the puppet, do you remember this? I barely remember. It's been a while <laughs> since I've seen part two. She yeah. is, like, so it's a life-sized marionette at that point and it is just so creepy so i just really love part two i think it brings out the 
most interesting part of the puppets. When you get past part four, I almost feel like they're unwatchable. <laughs> but yeah, I, I kind of have to agree with you um, on yeah. that. So, um, Jackson, what about you? I know you've seen at least the first three and Littlest Reich. Is it is this your favorite, or is there another one that you really like more than this one? Well, this is the one that I've seen the most recently. I, I haven't seen uh, two and three in Little Strike since September. But, um, yeah, I remember liking three the best. It had the cowboy puppet, and it was yes. like kind of a prequel, I think. Um, and yes. I liked that. I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, and I liked two as well. I, I seem to remember Toulon with, like, bandages around his face, like the yes. Invisible Man. And yes. Yeah, that that yeah. is what I really like, too. I'm glad you brought that up. He does look like the Invisible Man, and that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite classics. I just really like the way they brought him back in that way in part two. See, I've never heard you talk about classic. Are you into classic horror as well, Ashley? Yes, I have. Oh. So I have Bride of Frankenstein on my wall. Someone um, commissioned me a an original Dracula watercolor I have on my wall. Wow. I have a Creature from the Black Lagoon like retro 1950s fill print on my wall. Um, <laughs> I have a shelf wow. full of like universal monster toys. That is awesome. We're going to have to have you back sometime talk about universal because yes. Jackson and I are huge fans. And, and also I, this is the one area where I am extremely jealous of Gilbert Gottfried. Um, one of the podcasts I listen to is Gilbert Gottfried's podcast. And he talks about, he has an actual mask. Um, from uh, the days of the Universal, like he has an original Frankenstein cast. Oh, that's awesome! I would I, love that. Exactly. I love Frankenstein. I think my favorite is Bride. I oh, have yeah. a Bride tattoo, that's so awesome. I am really into the old Universal um, stuff. Yeah, and even not the Universal. I've got something from Plan 9 on my wall, which is more sci-fi, oh. but I really like Vampira, so... Uh, cool. Yeah. My that is awesome. Weird. No, that is awesome is what it is. So I know Jackson. <laughs> Jackson's also, I know, a big Bride of Frankenstein fan as well. I love Bride of Frankenstein, and I love Plan 9. I love both of the things. I'm a huge Ed Wood fan. Um, but uh, yeah, Bride, definitely, Bride of Frankenstein is my favorite out of the Frankenstein trilogy. And uh, I would love to talk about Universal I sometime. I want to talk about Bride. So if you guys are going to do that, please. Oh, uh, we definitely, definitely will have you back for Bride of Frankenstein. So with uh, getting back to Puppet Master, the, the special effects here, I mean, they had a pretty, uh, watching the making of, they had a decent crew. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, some of the people had worked on young Sherlock Holmes, uh, which was a Spielberg, you know, produced thing. And so they had a decent special effects team. Sometimes they've got actual, you know, uh, puppeteers. Yes. Sometimes they're doing, you know, stop motion. What did you think of the special effects, Ashley? Did, did the stop motion take you out or were you into it? I like it. It has a really, like, old feel. And I like that. And you can definitely tell if you're, <laughs> you're yeah. watching the puppets and they're, almost make you seasick sometimes but (laughs) it's the nostalgia it gets me i am just a fool for it (laughs) so it's something i'm not arguing with you i we were i was on uh jackson i were on phantom galaxy i made the made the comment that you know the roger ebert quote about the harry house and effects he said you know the harry house and effects look fake but feel real 
mm-hmm. whereas CGI looks real and feels fake. Yes, I hate CGI. I know. Yeah, I, I feel the same way. So, Jackson, what about you? What did you think of the special effects here? I love them. I love I especially like when they're stop motion animated uh, because I like that like you can see the thumbprints of the animators on their clothes like their clothes kind of rustle while they move <laughs> yeah. from frame to frame because yeah. they were the animators were adjusting them and I really like that I mean I've seen that intentionally done in stuff like Fantastic Mr. Fox where the fur rustles and stuff right. but uh, yeah I always like that it's, it's it's really charming it it reminds you that a lot of work went into it and I also mm-hmm. like it when they're kind of like little hand puppets and and stuff. Um, I, I think I like the POVs, especially when Blade is, like, dragging the chair with a little hook. I think that's yes. so funny because uh, I'm like, oh, he's a little guy. And he's, and then he slips somebody's throat, and you're like, oh, well, he's not, he's not so innocent. But <laughs> but it was it's fun to watch him go around because it's almost like a little kid. It's like the, the POVs in Child's Play I feel the same way. It's kind of fun. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, lots of work went into it, and it's not the most convincing. I mean, you're not getting, like, Child's Play 2 levels of small doll, you know, animation but uh a lot of care went into it and i really respect that yeah especially for full moon right yeah yeah you know he's admittedly low budget and he doesn't care right he just that's his whole thing and he knows people he has an audience for it and so i don't think he strove like he really like cared to to like polish it up very much Though he has said that he wants to reboot this in 3D. Ashley, oh, are you, God, can you no. see that? No. He needs to not do that. Yes. Just I, leave it alone. <laughs> I agree, Jackson. Yeah. You know, I, I, I might see it. Other, than, other just, than you were hired to do it, I understand. If, but yeah. If I was hired to do it, yeah, I'd love that. But... You know, I think I would see it out of curiosity just to be like, what, what is this going to be? Uh, I would feel guilty about giving, giving Charles Band money, but, you know. Look, I would buy it and watch it and have whatever dolls they came out with for it because that's who I am as a person. But I don't <laughs> want them to do it. <laughs> no, I don't want them to do it either. I, I think they need to, to, to leave it alone. Though I did like, and I don't want to go off on too many other tangents, but I do want to go off on this one. I actually like the littlest Reich. Um, Ashley, did you see it? Did you like it? That's the Fangoria. Yeah. One. Oh yeah, I lo- I love that one. I love Tom Lennon anyway oh, yes. in anything he's in. So when I saw he was in that, I was on board, and I don't even care that it went a different way with the Nazis thing. I'm still a little confused, but okay. Like suddenly they were evil and Nazi puppets. Right. Like but they were fighting against that in the original series because technically, and here's what makes these puppets different from someone like Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers. They're like the good guy. They just violently do it. Right. So (laughs) in that one, they made them the bad guy. Yeah. I still dug it though. Jackson, what about you? Do you remember? I know it's been a while since you've seen it. Yeah. I remember liking it. And Barbara Crampton has a bigger role. So, you know, it's not, all, yeah, it's not all bad. I really liked that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I and I... Was, sorry, go ahead. I thought it was good. I hope they make another one. I do, too. And, and, and by the way, um, apparently, uh, Andre Toulon is not the only one who discovered how to live forever and reanimate because Barbara Crampton has not aged. <laughs> <laughs> no, she has not. I follow her on Twitter. I love her. 
She looks the same, doesn't she? She looks exactly the same as she did in the 80s, and I don't understand. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. She's just timeless. Um, all right, so back to this. I mean, we talked a bit about the kills. The kills are not, as we said, not that graphic. I do think they kind of learned a lesson in the sequels. They, they, they kind of, you know, go there mm-hmm. from here. But the other thing I definitely want to talk about, and Jackson, I know you paid attention to this, because this did get, and I want to talk about the director too, but this did get a lot of attention. Um, a lot of people have singled out the score. I love the score. Yeah, right? I mean, a lot of people have figured out that even though this is a full moon feature, it's low budget, you know, the script is bonkers, all that other mm-hmm. kind of stuff, but that the score is actually really, really sharp. So, Jackson, you're a musician. What do you think of the score? I love the theme. I love the theme music. Uh, I th- it's really iconic. It's one of those, mm-hmm. like, ones you want to play. But the the rest of the score works to immerse you, but it's not iconic. It's not something that I would... It's not like the shape music from Halloween, where you've got the main Halloween theme, but then you've yeah. also got the Lori music where she's being stalked, and that's just as memorable. Whereas with Puppet Master, you know, the theme is really memorable, but the rest of it, it doesn't distract you from the movie, but it's not something you'll play on Spotify. Um, so, you know, I, I do like the theme though. I will say mm-hmm. that. And I know that the guy who did the theme for this also worked on, uh, Taurus Trap and I really yes. like the theme for that as well. So, um, I love you know. Taurus Trap too. I have, I'm sitting here at all my toys I have. I have a Taurus Trap, um, figurine sitting here looking at me right now. Wow. Do you <laughs> really Chuck Connors with the mask and everything? <laughs> yeah. Wow. 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 That movie is bonkers as well. Uh, and it's from the same director, the same the guy directed Taurus Trap directed mm-hmm. this uh, uh, Puppet Master, which, yeah, I do love. I love Taurus Trap, though it pains me to see that both Chuck Connors and Tanya Roberts are gone. Um, yes. I know uh, that was that was painful. But all right. What else do we want to talk about with Puppet Master? Whatever. What other notes do we have? Because I feel like I could just say over and over again, look, folks, the script is bonkers. It's low budget. It's Charles Band. But the puppets are friggin' cool. And that's why mm-hmm. I watch it. But I could just say that over and over again. Ashley, what else do you want to talk about here? <laughs> I, If we're going to talk about the psychics, one of my notes was just Alex equals the sane one. <laughs> so <laughs> all of the other psychics are just completely out there but alex is pretty down to earth i liked him why is it you think if you were psychic you'd have a little better emotional intelligence you think you'd read people a little better (laughs) if you were psychic don't you think Um, yeah they did not understand what they were walking into but they should have because they knew who he was as a person because like you said dana the the witch like she hated him with just such intensity (laughs) she she even like had to make sure he was dead she was like i need to make sure this guy is actually dead so she like stabs him with that um it's like a huge yeah it's like a huge where did she get that i know (laughs) who's got a hat pin that's like you know 18 inches long no i think she went there to make sure he was dead just so she could be like good he's gone but then she ends up being dead but her dog's alive, so that's a plus. Yeah, the dog is definitely has a better better attitude. Her, yeah, she does. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, uh, Jackson, <laughs> what about you? What notes do you have, buddy? 
I, I think it's really funny watching this movie. If this was just one movie, it would be really weird how much, like, gravitas and, like, how much dr- drama is given to the introduction of each character. It's like, there's Toulon, and there's the spinny head puppet, and there's Blade. If there are no sequels, it'd be really weird how, like, each character is like, dun 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 and look at this guy that you love. You know what I mean? Uh, it's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like every, every time a new character shows up, it's like an event. Um, and I thought that was really funny. If, if there was no other sequels, it'd be kind of weird. Um, but another thing that I liked about this movie is that there's no love story between, uh, what's his name, Alex uh, right. and uh, um, Mrs. Gallagher. They just hug at the end, and then he's gone. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man, they're going to shove it. They're going to, like, kiss at the end or something. But they don't. You know, he's gone. So I respect Full Moon for doing that. You know, they could they could have gone a little bit more cliche and, and had Mrs. Gallagher be like, you've saved me from the evil Neil. Now we're going to go off <laughs> together. But, you know, that's her hotel. So, of course, she's going to stay there, and he's going to leave. I mean, it makes sense. There yeah, he's going theories. back to you. Yeah. There are theories that there was a love thing there, and I think people are just trying to make it a thing. But they have you lots think, of theories about her. <laughs> you you think it's just because it's such a trope that people are reading into it, Ashley? You think yeah, that's I think so. I mean, he does seem like he's very caring. Like, he does not want her to get killed like his, you know, dreams are showing. So maybe people are just assuming, like, you know, he cares about her, so they're going to end up together. I don't know. I didn't really get that, but it's so crazy because the movie just is everywhere that that's not even something that was on my radar to look for. <laughs> like some, uh, no, I getting together. No, that's not. Yeah. And let's, let's just say, look, you know, Paul Lamott is an interesting guy. The guy who plays the Yale professor, you know, who, who yeah. right, he's, he, you know, he, he has his big, he's a Vietnam vet. He had his big break in American graffiti. He was in Melvin, Melvin and Howard, did a lot of Jonathan Demi stuff. Then he basically just disappeared. Mm-hmm. Um, he hasn't done really a lot since then. Um, in this movie, I mean, to go along with Jackson, what you're saying, they don't go the trope. I mean, is it just me? He's almost asexual. I mean, he just, you know, he he's just kind of there because of the nightmares and that's it. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't really. I mean, he obviously shows a concern for, you know, uh, the widow's life, but he's there's no real like interest there at all. I mean, he's just he's just there. Um, But uh, yeah, I thought it was that was kind of interesting, but. They don't follow that trope, Jackson. I'm with you. I'm glad that they that they didn't um, as well. Also, just simply because Paul Lamott is, well, let's just say it. He's no George Clooney. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> he's he's not. He's not exactly exuding a bunch of like sexuality. He's just he's just not. Um, so I'm pretty sure that even at Yale, they're like, man, that guy's boring. Um, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, Ashley, what else do you want to talk about with Puppet Master? So, okay. We talked about this a little bit, but at the end of the movie, the wife, I guess, I think her name was Megan. Yeah. Um, she te- She's the one who brings the dog back to life so easily. It feels like they were setting up for her to be Puppet Master. Yeah. And they just kind of went nowhere with that. The second one starts off with... Her, I don't think it's the act- the same actress, but they like mummified her 
and then took her power and resurrected Tumon. So I don't know if that was the only purpose for having her in this movie, just for the second one <laughs> or what. It's just like they were like, oh, man, we need to like somehow transition into a second one. Let's make people think she was puppet master at the end so we can kill her in the beginning and then resurrect Tumon, who people liked more. <laughs> I I have this sneaking suspicion that if we put Charles Band on like a um, lie detector machine <laughs> and asked him if he ever watched rewatched the movies he makes sequels to, There's I'm pretty no sure he way. would have to admit that he has never seen Puppet Master since he made it. There's no way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I Jackson, am I wrong here? Yeah, you ask him. Jackson, am I wrong? Does it seem like he's even seen the movie since he made the sequels? No, I mean each each movie is just like <laughs> Puppet Master. Look at the poster. Let's put those guys in another movie. Uh, yeah, that is it is, it is kind of weird. Um, uh, there's a funny story about him. I was saying something on Twitter one time. I was like, I wish I could find someone who loved Puppet Master just as much as me. And horror movie podcast <laughs> replied to that and just tagged Charles Band oh in goodness. the tweet, and then he just started following me after that. So Charles Band follows me on Twitter. I guess that's a thing. So. You got to ask him. You got to <laughs> yeah, ask him. I got to ask him. Have you seen Puppet Master since 1989? <laughs> since you've made any sequels, have you actually seen the movie? Um, Answer Hey, no. look. No, I look. I I have nothing but mad respect for guys like <clears throat> Charles Band who follow the kind of Roger Corman line and we're just going to make movies and throw them out there. I, I nothing mm -hmm. but respect. I don't think he's seen this movie. So what else do we want to talk about with Puppet Master other than, once again, folks, you have to see it because the puppets are so cool. Just a disclaimer for people who've not seen the first one and seen the rest of them, you're going to be disappointed because the puppets are not really featured. Yeah. Yeah, they're not in it that much. They're they're yeah. kind of like a plot thing it's yeah. like now this character needs to die and here are the puppets yeah it's mostly just based on the mystery of like what's going on uh the mm -hmm. puppets aren't aren't really it's more about the actual puppet master it's about neil uh neil gallagher more than the, the puppets themselves um yeah. or 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 is is neil the puppet master he doesn't seem to be able to control them very well um but you know well, he whatever. seems to have been controlling them until Beforehand. he decided yeah. that ah, yes, yes. for some okay. reason that he just didn't like them anymore and you know i we still have no idea i don't think any of us have an <laughs> idea why or how that happened but yeah um yeah it, it, there's almost a sense where it's like charles band was like hey we got the guy from american graffiti and he's just so in love with paul lamott that he got like a quote-unquote star um mm -hmm. that it just focused on him and not the puppets and and so i think then then he got the fan mails like and read like the editorials from like fangoria talking about we only want to see the puppets and so that's what he did with the sequels <laughs> the sequels uh, are just like here's all the puppets all the time here is all the puppets that's all we know that's all you want to see so here <laughs> they are um anything else we want to talk about with puppet master i've got i've got one thing just one note okay there's one bullet point my thing and I just wrote, Dana is awful, but she's right about most things. Awful and right. That's a terrible combination. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it, though? Yeah. Her, oh, her attitude was so annoying. 
And oh, she yeah. had that like traditional like Southern Belle accent going on where she's like, oh, honey, dear sugar. Like, I was like, man, now you're bringing the Southern accent into it and being this really hard to deal with character. It's what they think of us down here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah. Uh, folks, as somebody who's lived in the South, as Ashley, who's somebody who lives in the South, that is not, not <laughs> typical. They only yeah. act that way when you're out of earshot. Right, Ashley? They don't do that, that to your is face. the truth. <laughs> <laughs> they don't we do that. We're not going to do it to your face, but we're going to have tea afterward, and we're going to say some things. That's right. That's how. <laughs> that's how it works. You're only allowed to be sweet nasty. Tea. That's right. You're only allowed to be nasty with sweet tea with friends after they leave. That's right. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, puppet master. So let's let's rate and recommend <laughs> this thing. So. All right, Ashley, on a scale from one to 10, what do you rate Puppet Master? I'm giving it a seven out of 10. I don't know if that's being generous. I will say buy it just because I buy everything. You just have to have Puppet Master. It's Even just, if you don't buy the rest, just have that Blu-ray. It is kind of iconic. You can't argue with that. Jackson, what about you? What's your rating? I'm similarly. I'm I'm saying seven out of ten. Uh, I don't. I think technically, if you just broke it down, if you showed it to someone who's not a horror fan, they'd probably say like a five or a four. Yeah. But I, mm-hmm. it's a seven for me because there are little like charming moments that I like, and the whole thing just feels really cozy. It does feel cozy. You know, it's got that like kind of grainy look, and full mm-hmm. moon full moon pictures in general just feel really cozy because you can tell it's just people in a room making a movie. And something about that is really comforting to me. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'd say 7 out of 10. I would recommend you buy it. Uh, I, I watched it on Amazon. Um, but, um, yeah, I'd be, I, I want to see that Charles Band uh, in, intro. I, I think that would be really interesting, him just being like, oh, and I made Reanimator. That's me. Anyways, here's Puppet Master. Uh, <laughs> I but, have, uh, like, four copies of this movie <laughs> somehow. That's awesome. Uh, if you guys want one uh, well i was about to call out amazon because technically jackson does own this but amazon can't seem to deliver it to him for some reason what? even though he's, i know amazon's like we delivered it no you didn't he doesn't have it and it's like you know he's outside of right now um until this fall when he goes uh, to college he's outside of dayton ohio so it's not like he's in the middle of nowhere he's in the oh, suburb yeah. of a major city and for some reason amazon can't find him half the time um but anyway i would expect uh, that here but not there <laughs> no i same yeah i'm i'm in the middle of nowhere so i'm like he's the one outside of like a major city so i'm like what what is going on they don't have a yeah. problem getting stuff to me oh uh, well um hey folks we appreciate uh oh let me give my rating i almost didn't do it i'm also there with you i'm between a 6.5 and a 7 I've actually gone up on this. If you would have asked me back in like 91, 92, I would have probably said, "Eh, it's like a five. It's okay. The puppets are cool, but it's not a great movie. But there is something about watching like two and three and the Littlest Reich and it just being kind of an integral part of that whole thing Mm -hmm. where it's just like that moves it up a couple of notches for me to where it's like I do own it and I do really like two. I love three. I really like the Littlest Reich. Ashley, I'm there with you. I'm a huge Tom Lennon fan. I think he's hysterical and great. I think he's a great oh, actor. Yes. He's just, he's amazing in everything. He's amazing in Reno 911. He's amazing in everything he does. 
and I loved him in it. And so it just like it, it all kind of comes together. Um, you know, it's the same reason I own like two copies of, you know, Friday 13th, Jason uh, Takes Manhattan, even though it's a terrible movie. I still own two copies of it. <laughs> hey, that's it's, a good movie. Oh, uh, well, you and you and Wolfman Josh can stick up for that one. I'm me, uh, <laughs> yeah, me, Josh and Justin Beam will fight over this. Yeah, it's a good movie. The and, three and, of us. And yes. I've seen interviews where the director won't even take your side, but that's okay. I know, right? <laughs> it's a good movie. <laughs> oh man but anyway um yeah it's a seven and you got to own it i do own it so i would tell people go get the especially if you can find uh the limited edition thing that comes in like the vhs box with the you know with the blade figure and everything it's worth yeah. having so folks we appreciate our patreon supporters you can become one for as little as two dollars and fifty cents a month go to patreon.com search for father and son watch horror movies and if you're a Patreon, you can vote for our horror Oscar show coming in April. You can also find more at fatherandsonwatchhorror.com. And we are on Twitter at, at FatherSonHorror. And we have a closed Facebook group. Now, more importantly, Ashley, where can they find you online? Twitter and Instagram, barely Ashley. Um, you can follow me if you want to. It's not advisable, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, you definitely need to follow Ashley, yes. Yeah. Uh, one of one of the any time you can find a horror fan online who's actually a nice person on Twitter, you need to follow that person. And Ashley definitely <laughs> falls into that Ooh. category because there are just too many jerks online. And Ashley is not one of them. She is a actually a nice person, which is nice. To <laughs> Thank you. I, yes, I welcome anyone. If you'll be nice to me, I'll be nice to you. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, Jackson, where can they find you, buddy? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Kane underscore Hero 12, uh, K-A-I-N-E underscore Hero 12. Also on Letterboxd at Kane Hero. Uh, got a bonus pod coming up on the Patreon, by the way, that we're going to be recording tomorrow yeah. um, on a movie we saw recently that we have divisive opinions on. We're, we're, I think we're, we're, mm, well, well, we're kind of on the same side, but kind of not. So it's going to be an interesting discussion. <laughs> we, possibly could have a, yeah, we possibly could have a Cisco and Eber type fight over. Yeah. Uh, we'll go ahead and let it out of the bag. We uh, both saw Promising Young Woman this weekend. And we had differing opinions on it. Um, I liked it, and I'm correct. So anyway. Um... <laughs> <laughs> all right. We'll see. We'll see. We'll battle it out, all right? The battle's starting early. That's right. <laughs> um, I can be found at Pastor Matt R on Twitter. So, folks, thanks so much. Ashley, thanks for being on again. You're always wonderful. You're always a blast. Thank you. I love doing this. And I don't do it often enough, I think. But yeah. No, you don't. You need to be on more. We need to get you on H and P and Land of the Creeps and everything else <laughs> on like know. a regular basis. You you have too much horror knowledge in your head to to not be on a podcast on a regular basis. <laughs> I was thinking that. I was thinking like I need to get with someone because work has been kind of crazy, but now I'm getting some help. I'm like, okay, I can focus on things I like. So I would definitely be into doing this more. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, all right, folks, that is all for now. So, Jackson, say goodbye to the good people. Goodbye. And remember, if you find a dead body sitting upright in an armchair in your room, <laughs> shake some maracas, burn some incense, and he won't bother you anymore. <laughs>
That is a good life lesson to learn from this movie. <laughs> I think it's just get the heck out of there is what I would say. But anyway, folks, <laughs> until next time, remember the family that watches horror together slays together. See ya.